Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Late Night Mike and Mike Show. I am one of your hosts, Michael Westbrook, and I'm here with Dallas Mike. How are you doing tonight, Dallas Mike? Uh, you know, I'm doing good, obviously. Fantasy-wise, I'm uh, still not happy about a lot of things. Um, you know, I mean, we kind of covered it last week, and it hasn't really, you know, changed from having Taylor on the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. it's one game in three days, four days, so yeah, yeah but not much has happened. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still just rough, though. I mean, you start looking at your roster, and you start sitting there, and you start thinking, man, why didn't I draft? Like, there were so many people that I could have drafted that I didn't, and then people that I did. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I just I seem to have uh, tanked a lot of really bad luck um, yeah, or, or tanked I mean, whatever good luck I had. And uh, now it just seems like any trade I make ends up like, hey, guess what? They're injured. They're hurt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's how a lot of the league is feeling right now. Uh, you know, I you obviously know I was going to make a trade for uh, David Montgomery's running uh, backup, Damian Williams or whatever his name is. Yeah. And uh, luckily I didn't go for it because I was going to I made a trade for Jonathan Taylor and uh, it worked out because Williams now is on the COVID list. And, you know, it ended up being Herbert, who I could have picked up off the waiver, but I didn't because um, I got Jonathan Taylor, obviously. But. You know, there's a lot of trades that I saw happen this week that immediately turned out to be one of the people just got screwed because that person just got either injured or now they're out for some reason or like they're on the COVID list. And so, you know, the league this year is still suffering, you know, COVID and then also injuries and everything. And so it's going to be a rough time for everybody. Um, I think you just had to get lucky and just get a lot of those really lucky late pickups in the draft of backups that you thought would do solid, you know, as, you know, on a bye week or in hopes that they'd get injured and then it, you know, it obviously happened. And so, you know, people that have benefited are people who picked up Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is out this week. So, you know, be looking for a 20 point, you know, maybe even 30 point plus game from Kareem Hunt this week. So I would say uh, probably closer to the 30s just because, Oh, you know, yeah. he no, he's, sure. he normally has like a 15 to 20 point game anyways when oh, yeah. he's splitting reps. So I and mean, he even if you has think, 27 point games, I think like two of them this season already. So, yeah, they could be good yeah. scoring games for him. But it's interesting you bring up the COVID thing. Um, this will this will play a factor into our predictions later. But uh, for Arizona, their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, he is out with COVID. So he will not be coaching this week against Cleveland, which will be huge. Um, which also yeah. kind of brings into the next game that would have been on the list after that would be Las Vegas and Denver, where we mentioned John Gruden is out as head coach. And I mean, for like the it's, season and like probably well, for the rest of his life. So, yeah, he, he may yeah. he probably will not recover from that in this day and age where we are uh, with cancel culture and everything going on. I'm not saying that what he did was right, because obviously I haven't read the emails or uh, I mean, you know, there's just a lot of stuff we don't know. Um, so I don't necessarily want to comment on the nature of the emails themselves, but where we are and what he's been ousted for, for his resignation, it's kind of one of those things you don't really come back from. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, whether or not he actually did it, I mean, at this well, point in day and age, I mean, no, well, I know, I know, I'm not questioning that, but you know, if it was like a question in the air of like, did he, did he not, you know, in this day and age, you're right. Like he would never recover from it anyway, but like with the fact that he did do it and we have proof and like. I haven't seen a lot, but I've seen like snippets and like partial quotes and stuff. And from what I've seen, like he probably will never be a high school or college coach either. Like it's going to be hard for him to get any kind of coaching job like ever again. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, so he's probably going to have to just retire. I was going to say, um, look what sadly. happened with Art Bryle at Baylor. 
Um, you know, it turns out that he didn't, I think they said he didn't have anything to, you know, he didn't have knowledge of what was going on with his players, I think. Uh, and yet he still got ousted, went on to try to get other jobs. Uh, I think they said he was going to be a coach up in uh, Canada somewhere. And they actually hired him and then they let him go because, you know, the optics of it. And then he went to go coach high school football in East Texas. And then they made a big fuss about it there, too. I mean, it's one of those things where when this, you know, the significance of what happens here happens. I mean, you know, you're you're out for, you know, good, um, which is also interesting because we just had the huge deal kind of with Urban Meyer and, um, you know, the chick. Uh, uh, you hear about that? Uh, yeah, the chick in the bar that wanted yeah. to- they all wanted pictures with him or whatever. And then one of the girls was like, apparently she said like, can I dance with you or something real quick? And, you know, obviously, you know, it was probably done to cause a problem, you know? Um, well, that's I mean, just like a really weird thing that you ask somebody, which um, I think going I into in this, my mind, I don't know. Yeah. Going into this week, I think that plays a huge factor uh, between the dolphins and Jags uh, as the first game we're kind of going to cover um well that game well that thing happened before even last week so week five is the first week they played with with that uh having happened well no i know um, but the, the, what yeah. i was gonna say is uh so i guess first we'll talk about tampa bay philly kind of went how i think it you know i expected it yeah, to play out that would have been my prediction I, I was definitely predicting tampa bay to to win by double digits for sure I did not think it was gonna be anywhere close i thought they were even gonna hold philly under um 20 points uh, but Richard Sherman went out in the first quarter and somehow in, you know, the end of the second, you know, in the third quarter, end of the second quarter, you know, into the third, you know, the Buccaneers just kind of like seemed to like slow down as if like they knew they had the game and they were just trying to waste clock. And so instead of making like the easy throws that would have kept them the ball, gotten them down there to score, um, they didn't do it just because they wanted to run and run out that clock and um that made the game look a lot closer than it actually was it wasn't really anywhere close but you know fantasy wise if you had the bucks players or any of the eagles players you did not do well um but yeah i think it went pretty pretty easy fantasy wise i wouldn't say jalen hurts did great but i will say as a quarterback he's doing good with what he has in philly um yes yes. so i mean i i'm definitely excited for that um but yeah i agree yeah. Uh, before, real quick, before we move to the first matchup of the week, uh, we wanted to mention the bye games. Now, this is our first week with buys, so we wanted to let you guys know who's on bye uh, so that you know for fantasy stuff uh, or even just that you are questioning why we're not talking about your team or whatever or a certain team that you're maybe looking at for some reason. Uh, the teams on bye are the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the New York Jets, and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so those are the three, the four teams on bye this week. So we will not obviously be covering them. Um, but, I mean, it's good for the Jets. They can't make their their record any worse this week. So that's good. Um, but, yeah, first first matchup, Miami and, and Jacksonville. Yeah, what do so, you think, Michael? So in this one, I I, I honestly got to give it to the Dolphins. Um, so they, they will be without wide receiver Devontae uh, Parker. Parker. He's got a shoulder and a hamstring injury. And then cornerback uh, Xavier Howard is going to be out as well with a shoulder and groin issue. Jags are going to be without their linebacker, Miles Jack. Uh, one of their defensive tackles is out. And then they've got three other pe- or two other people that are questionable. Now, what I want to kind of bring up there is that Jacksonville's potentially down two 
key of their defensive starters uh, in Jack and Robertson Harris. Um, and Miami is even more banged up on this one with Parker and Howard, which are two of their best they don't players. Have Tua. And uh, the, I don't think I don't think they have either of their starting. Well, corners, no, actually, actually, Tua from is, what I read, Tua is back. I believe oh, Tua will play. Yes. Okay. I, I thought, believe that's I what I read maybe today. He would play next week, but yeah. And so, yeah. So then going into this, uh, kind of the big thing there is just going to be that, uh, you know, I'm, Tua. well, it's even, even more than that. I would, I would honestly probably say, um, kind of the big thing is at least for me, um, I guess it would, it would really just kind of also come down to the fact that if you, if you look at, What's going on with, um, I'm totally blanking on his name. Um, Jacoby Brissett? No, Jacksonville. Um, Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence is looking better than he did in the first three weeks. Even, you know, the last two games, things like that. Um, However, I'm still not sold on Urban Meyer being a great head coach uh, in the NFL. Um, There's just been a lot of disparities between what he did in college versus what's happening here. And I get it, it's his first year yeah, there's some, um, you know, he he's gotta he's gotta make that transition just like a player does from college to pros, uh, and so he's got to make those. But that you know, I think that makes it really uh, tough for Jacksonville. Um, and then when you ha- you know when you come down to this, where both teams are a little banged up, they're potentially missing players. I gotta go with I think the the better quarterback, and I think if Tua is actually at a hundred percent like they say, I put I put a lot more faith in Tua getting it done. Um, you know, at least having won some games this season, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, you beat the Patriots, uh, in week one, and then you go and look at Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, who hasn't even got a game, you know, a a win this season under him. So I think I'm probably going to take Tua and the Dolphins over this, over this uh, Jacksonville team. I've got an interesting way of thinking. So. Miami's missing, I think, two corners, and they're obviously missing Devontae Parker. Jacksonville's obviously got those big hits as well on injury. Um, but obviously, they've, get, they've been getting better. Um, they've been getting a lot better. Uh, they've been very close to winning a couple games and you know just haven't been able to finish. And I think this is going to be one of those games where we are going to see a salvation game by the veteran quarterback again. Uh, you know, It happened a lot last year where... Ryan Fitzpatrick could come in and finish off the game and try to either catch him up or try to keep him ahead so they didn't lose. And I think this is going to happen again. Uh, I think we're going to see a third quarter, fourth quarter Jacoby Brissett come in and try to keep the keep the lead or to catch them up and beat Jacksonville. Um, I really don't think Tua will play the whole game unless somehow they're blowing him out of the water. But uh, I genuinely don't think Jacksonville will struggle all that much offensively with their corners being out. Cause that's really the best part of that dolphins uh, defense. And well, so, so one thing I want to bring that, up Trevor to Lawrence you is going to throw all over them. Yeah. But keep in mind, this is also, this is going to be a game across the pond. This is being played in London. And so another big yeah. thing there is, is urban Meyer going to have his team prepared, you know, going across the pond and you know, that's, that's an extra travel day that, you know, that you, you really lose. And the team is trying to get sleep. You know, they got to, you know, get onto that schedule of now being five, you know, a five hour time zone difference. Um, so, that, you know, they want to make sure they're rested and everything. So that's another big factor that I think, uh, you know, he, Urban Meyer hasn't done that. He hasn't played a game across the pond. I think that's something that maybe uh, Miami might have a slight benefit to. I mean, it's possible, but I, I think it'll genuinely just come down to how, to how the defense, you know, how the injuries stack up against them. 
And, you know, if if Jacoby Brissett comes in uh, for any Jacksonville fan, that means it's a good thing. Uh, you want that to happen because that means that the Dolphins are struggling. And so, you know, I think that's genuinely genuinely going to happen unless somehow Tua really is 100 percent and can all of a sudden, I don't know, figure out how to actually play in the NFL correctly 100 percent without needing the veteran to step in. So um, I've got Miami still winning. Um, but I I think it'll take both quarterbacks playing to get it done. Uh, so that's that's what I think. But I think it'll be close uh, within 10. Oh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll definitely be a close game. I just I happen to think Miami will probably come out on top. Um, next game on the list, Green Bay and Chicago. Have you had a chance? Yeah. Have you had a chance to look at uh, the injury report? Uh, for which team? <laughs> for both teams. Um, let's see. Because the Bears, talk. yeah, so the Bears have potentially a lot of people, well, they have a lot of questionable people, and yeah. then uh, they have uh, two people that are out. So they're, the Bears tight end, J.P. Holtz, uh, is out with a quad injury. Their linebacker, Caleb Johnson, is out with a knee injury. And then and comes their, their questionable. Running, their two stop starting running backs are also out, too. Which well, we knew, but yeah. Um, and then so like on the on the questionable side, you know, you've got Ryan Nall, uh, Allen Robinson, uh, Jakeem Grant, uh, Akeem Khalil Hicks, Mack. yeah, Khalil Mack, uh, Joel, and I, Lying Boonway, Artie Artie Burns, uh, Eddie Jackson, Duke Shelley, Xavier Crawford are all questionable. So I mean, that's a huge yeah. amount of people. But yes, and then. Uh, the key absence is not listed there were that of running back Damian Williams, who's on the COVID-19 reserve um, and is said mm-hmm. to be replaced by Khalil Herbert, like you were talking back as Montgomery's uh, fill in. So it's just kind of one of those things. I mean, like you look at the bears there, I mean, they're just a huge list. And you can look at the, uh, the Packers and uh, the only one person that's actually listed is out is uh, Kevin King, one of their cornerbacks. And then you've got uh, tackle Dennis Kelly with the back. Who's doubtful uh, guard Elton Jenkins with an angle injury, uh, Malik Taylor has an illness and is questionable. So it's just kind of one of those pieces. I mean, going into this, you really start to look at it. It's just like the bears are already now down a whole bunch of people, um, which is rough. Um, and then if you start to, to kind of, you know, deep dive into this, um, Aaron Rodgers kind of owns the bears at this point. Uh, when you yeah. look at it, I mean, so they've had, you know, what, uh, maybe, you know, 20 oh, quarterbacks, They've had like oh, 20 yeah, quarterbacks yeah. since they've, he became the quarterback in Green Bay. 14? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a I saw, lot. I saw that interview. It was, it was actually really funny. Him yeah. Trying to name them all. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, I you got to give it to Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm not, think. I'm not not giving it to Green Bay, but I will say Green Bay defensive, well, all across the board, their injuries are going to hurt them because they're also missing Jair Alexander. He's on IR. Chauncey Rivers, defender, also on IR. Valdez Scantling, who's kind of like a fourth string wide receiver, also on IR. And then another linebacker, IR. And then David Bakhtiari, uh, uh, the uh, tackle, he's also out. Um, so, like, it's just one of those things that's insane uh, how both teams are having a ton of injuries. But Green Bay is still going to get the win. I don't think it'll be super close unless, you know, Kevin King and, and uh, Jair Alexander being out might affect them at least to allow Justin Fields to maybe survive. But I think that defensive line will be enough to pressure him into sucking another week. Um, he, Justin Fields looks really good in the preseason. 
Um, he looked really good in the moments where he would step in on the games where Andy Dalton was playing the entire time. Uh, but now that he's a starter, it seems like he's really regressed um, and done really be- uh, poorly. And so I give it to Green Bay. I don't think Justin Fields will do well, and I don't think he'll get more than 10 fantasy points. So, yeah, it, he's going to struggle against Green Bay for sure, even though it's a home game for him. So I'm giving it to Green Bay by a wide margin. So you mentioned somebody earlier, um, and I, I'm just kind of curious. Do you know the story of Chauncey Rivers? I have no idea, no. Okay, so he's actually on a Netflix show. Uh, have you what? ever watched? Yeah, have you ever watched La- uh, Last Chance You? Uh, I've heard of it. I like watched one episode and then just didn't keep going. Okay, so the idea is it's this small community college in Mississippi called East Mississippi Community College, EMCC. And yeah. uh, this guy, the head coach there, his name is Buddy Stevens. Uh, and he is like one of the winningest coaches in June and Juco um, ever. Um, so he gets a lot of these players who end up, you know, having charges of some kind. They get kicked off team for whatever reason. Uh, there's a lot of different things. Um, and they come to this, you know, Juco, they play a year or two, they get their grades up and then they transfer out and go to these big schools. Um, and, and so there are a lot of star players that left other schools. They get in trouble and they end up, you know, there with him at, at this Juco. Well, so Chauncey Rivers, um, you know, the, the outside linebacker you're talking about, he actually was a freshman at Georgia and he played in four games and he totaled four tackles on the season. And then he gets arrested on marijuana charges for the third time in seven months. So he gets dismissed from the University of Georgia team in 2015. So he ends up going to EMCC. He played 12 games for the Lions. He had 25 solo tackles and 20 assists, so he had 45 total, and he had eight total sacks for a loss of 44 yards. So even a JUCO, I mean, you know, obviously if you're a top-tier guy, you know, going and playing JUCO, you obviously can, you know, rack up some big stats, but he played really well for him, and then he ends up going to Mississippi State. Um, He was a redshirt junior, and he would eventually play uh, 13 games for the team where he totaled like 339 snaps, um, had some more decent snaps and everything. Um, and he ends up going as an undrafted free agent in 2020 to the Baltimore Ravens and then signed to their practice squad. Um, so it was kind of one of those really cool things, um, where if you didn't know that about him, um, I think it's really interesting and you can actually get to, you know, get to know him and see him on this show. Um, which is, has had some up, you know, it had some upticks because of Netflix and also had some downsides, especially as you get later in to the later seasons, there's some more drama stuff that unfolds there. Uh, but sorry, that was a random side piece. Um, but yeah, really cool. If you haven't gone and watched it, you should actually take a, a chance to go look at it. Cause you know, it's some Juco football and there's some really interesting things and you'll get to see some people, um, you know, who get their redemption story and make it to the pros, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that was based on like a real thing. I thought it was all fake. So no, no, no. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all real. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's hmm. all real. Um, so well, yeah, I'm gonna give it to yeah. Green Bay though. Personally, uh, my thing there is just as you you kind of mentioned before that random snippet there. Uh, I would have to say that I the big thing for me with Chicago is just I don't think that uh, Justin Fields is just a hundred percent ready. I think he's still finding his feet. 
And I think it's intimidating enough going out there each week to do it, but then to do it against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, just kind of who he is. And your rival. Yeah, I mean, it is, okay, bonus, you're at Soldier Field, you're at home and everything, but it's just, yeah, you're playing your rival, it's going to be rough. Um, Yeah. I got to give it to Green Bay. Yeah, and it's one of those things where Justin Fields has just struggled to really find his wide receivers recently. You know, Allen Robinson constantly is open. Uh, and wanting the ball and then it's going to somebody else and you know they don't make the catch and they drop it or whatever and it, it's just a sad look right now and so they've he's really got to work on on his communication his work with those wide receivers to to do better especially with their running backs being out uh so giving it to green bay but you know talking about chauncey rivers old team detroit uh you know we got cincinnati and detroit playing chauncey uh, rivers so, he didn't play for detroit yeah i thought he played for the lions for a little bit no, he uh, he was originally drafted to the practice squad and uh, for the Ravens. Um, didn't actually end up playing, and then he ended up going to Green Bay. Huh? Thought he played. No, he was he, oh, he no, was drafted he in twenty twenty. Oh, like literally just got yes. in. Here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. I see that. <laughs> okay, I thought he was wearing in his profile picture. I thought he was wearing a Lions jersey. So I was confused. All right. Anyway, so we're going to move on to the Lions and the Bengals. Uh, This is going to be an interesting game. I don't think the Lions will win, um, but I think it will be another heartbreak loss for the Lions. Um, I think this is going to be not close because of any faults of the Bengals. I think the Lions really are starting to figure it out and starting to get it, you know, Working well, on the you know, injuries. Really I think. Get it, I think the big thing here is going to be the injuries. That's my. That's my biggest thing going into this game. If everybody was healthy, I'd probably tell you. I'd probably tell you it's going to be close, like you're saying. But the Lions have a questionable DeAndre Swift, who's you know kind of you know working yeah, with a groin been injury. Questionable nearly every week. Yeah, so. and then but then you also factor Jamal Williams has a hip injury and he has an illness. Uh, we and saw TJ it, Hawkinson. Yep, and he's got the same knee thing. And then also you start to factor the outside linebacker, uh, Trey Flowers, has a knee injury. That's Didn't, that's kind of one of my... Did they just drop him or did they just pick him up? Trey I know Flowers? Trey Flowers just moved teams. So I'm trying to figure out if he got dropped by the Lions or picked up by the Lions. Uh, Some, somebody just dropped Flowers and somebody picked him up. Let me see. I I swear on my life, it just happened recently. Are you talking um, about fantasy? Oh, never mind. The Lions released Jamie Collins. Um, there's another Flowers guy that just got dropped by a team, and I can't remember where he got dropped from. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, no, the Lions are riddled with injury, like, well, questionables, you know, but I mean, these are guys that have been questionable almost every week. Uh, at least for a while. So I'm not super worried about it. Um, I mean, we'll see if they, I think if they play that, they'll be fine. Uh, Hawkinson would be the really big one that I'm looking at and making sure that he's really good um, because Hawkinson has been arguably Jared Goff's favorite target. And so if, if, you know, as long as he's healthy, I think they'll be fine. And I think they'll survive with the Bengals and it'll come down to a game winning field goal or a Jamar chase, um, you know, kind of long distance throw, you know, touchdown kind of situation that'll just kind of put the game away. Uh, you know, but again, if Hawkinson and Swift and Jamal Williams are struggling or, you know, some of them aren't playing, then yeah, I think the Bengals are going to walk away pretty nicely and easily with this one. 
So, yeah, I'm going to give this one to the Bengals. I also need Jamar Chase to do really well anyway. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a good, nice game for Joe Burrow, uh, especially with his his whole throat contusion thing and the doctor saying that they don't really want him to talk much and things like that. So Yeah, I think they said this week, because I'm pretty sure I got an update for, I don't know if it was Red Wire or just one of those, where they said he's back to 100%. Um, so I yeah, think, the doctors just don't want him to talk. So I wonder if they might have some, like, confusion with the line and, and the snapping the ball and making sure everybody's on the right play. So there might be some communication errors uh, at the beginning of the game until they get it down. But uh, unless he's, you know, unless he's able to yell and scream and stuff like that, then um, I, yeah, I don't know, think they would be my only question. Yeah. I, I don't, I think it's one of those things. I mean, they said he's a hundred percent. I can't imagine uh, going out there that, you know, they would find it very effective. Like you said, if, if he couldn't communicate, uh, so I got to give it to the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals just even assuming, uh, let's say that Joe Mixon can't go in. Uh, they've got Chris Evans, who'd be the RB one duty, um, you know, for this week. But then when you start talking about Tyler Boyd, you start talking about Jamar Chase, you start talking about, uh, and now I'm totally uh, T Higgins. I mean, it's just one of those things. The the weapons are there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things. I mean, for Detroit, it's just, you know, it's been so many solid losses uh, and I think that's rough. And I think the Bengals, after having just lost to Green Bay, are going to want to come out and, you know, try to pick up another win. Um, yeah, they're playing, you know, they're in Detroit, but I, I don't know how many fans right. really, you know, how many yeah. fans are really going to be there. So that's that's kind of my big thing. So I agree. I think it's going to be the Bengals. Um, I don't think it's just going to be an absolute runaway, uh, but I don't think it's going to no, be. A, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a field goal. Uh, I think it'll be like a one touchdown game, honestly. Um, the only way I say it's a field goal is if Hawkinson, Swift, and Jamal Williams just absolutely have like their best game that they have had so far this season. Like they've they've got to be on top of their A game. And Dan Campbell has proved that he is, you know, trying. Like he believes that they're right there. And so, you know, if this is finally their breakout game, then you know it'll be a good game. But yeah, that's just I, yeah, that's a tough I doubt bet it'll for be all a three. three point game, but yeah, I mean that that's yeah. just that's going to be rough for all three of them to be on fire, uh, especially if T.J. Hawkinson really is, you know, dealing with that knee injury. Uh, and as bad as he looked last week, I, th- I mean, I think that's going to be a big factor. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. So I'm giving it to the Bengals. Yeah. No so then going into the next game, uh, we've got Houston and Indy, and I have to tell you. Uh, this is kind of one of those games where there's the matchups I think for this are interesting at best. Yes. After seeing what the Texans were able to do against the Patriots defense, who is actually really good. Um, I think what they did is they whipped out a lot of really funny kind of interesting plays, um, that really made the defense think oh okay it's gonna be a run oh psych never mind it's a flea flicker and now the ball's halfway down the field already um things like that if they if they keep that same playbook from last week i think it'll really catch the colts off off guard and it'll have a similar game to what the pats and the and the texans did last week um but if they go about their normal way davis mills is going to struggle after the game that the colts just had now i know that they totally let up on the ravens and didn't play in that fourth quarter but I think they learned from that from that game after seeing that they could have pulled it off. Uh, I think they're going to learn from that and play four quarters. And so as long as the Texans don't whip out funny stuff like that, 
Uh, I really think that the Colts are going to walk away. Well, I don't want to say walk away, but I think they're going to come away with this win uh, this week and, and win by probably about six, maybe eight points. So uh, that's going to be my guess. It's going to be a Colts win by six to eight. Yeah, well, so the other thing there is the Colts kicker, Blankenship, has a right hip injury that, uh, you know, we kind of saw pop up. Uh, yeah, so that could that, that could be a, uh, an interesting thing there. But then when you start to factor the Texans, uh, Laramie Tunsil has a thumb injury. Uh, Justin Britt uh, missed practice throughout the week, and uh, Amendola was limited throughout the practice. Uh, so it's going to be kind of one of those things. I mean, it, really, I think the big thing there is Tunsil for me, uh, who's out. You know, that that is one of the linemen that is there um, protecting, you know, a young Davis Mills. Uh, you know, and I think that's going to be a, you know, somewhat of a hurdle there. Indy hasn't necessarily been, you know, I wouldn't say super reliable. Um, obviously, you know, they did get a win against the Dolphins. Um, and uh, the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they played a good game against the Rams. I'd argue they played a good game against the Seahawks. Um, and even, you know, even even an early, you know, kind of game going in against the Ravens. It looked good. Uh, which is kind of one of those things I think that coming off of that, they're going to want to come in, get a win uh, at home against Houston. Um, so I just, it's one of the things I think, I think Indy's going to win this um, just because Houston still kind of has a lot of things going on down there. And then Laramie Tunsil being out, uh, potentially Justin Britt as well, and Danny Amendola, just anybody that you need around there. I think that just becomes a factor for them this week. And I think that makes it rough for them as well. Um, I also heard though that the Colts signed the Chargers kicker uh, Michael Bag uh, Badgley earlier this oh, week. Yeah. So in case uh, in case uh, Blakenship can't go in, they you know they have some other options there for them. Yeah, it, it'll be definitely interesting uh, to see that. But I mean, so hopefully it doesn't come down to a situation like the Bengals and Packers from last week where they need Blakenship, but. Uh, you know, I don't think it will unless, again, Houston does some weird stuff. But, you know, we'll we'll see. But I got the Colts going, and you got who? Say it again. Yeah, I've got the Colts as well. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we've disagreed yet so far. Um, most of these have been pretty straightforward. No, or I, think, like, I think I picked Miami, you know, and you picked Jacksonville, didn't you? No, no, no. I definitely picked Miami. Okay. I said, I said Jacksonville would make it tough, but they will throw in Jacoby Brissett to keep the win. Um. That's the that's the only thing I said. But Miami will probably still win okay, unless so those injuries hurt them. But yeah, anyway, our next game, Rams. Yeah, Rams and Giants. Have you looked how lop? I mean, it's already lopsided because it's the Rams, right? But then did you look at yeah. the injury reports? Ah, uh, dude, Rams don't have New anybody York injured. Is struggling. Well, yeah, yeah, but New and, York and then is struggling. And the Rams don't have anybody out. So I mean, they're just like, all right, well, we're gonna go into you know yeah. whatever. And then like you just said, the Giants are struggling where. Daniel Jones, you know, uh, is back practicing in full on Friday. And Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, uh, Justin Hilliard are all out. And then you've got Darius Slayton, Kadarius Toney are both questionable, along with Anthony Thomas. I mean, it's just New York can't catch a break. Yeah, I mean, I know Daniel Jones is going to play. Um, so that's at least good for them. But yeah, I mean... If if Daniel Jones didn't play, I was this was gonna be a very easy like give to the Rams. You know, not that it's you know that this really changes much. Um, 
but you know it was going to be a very sad game for the giants if if he wasn't playing well it's still a Um, strong rams defense with no targets really to throw to that's the heart i mean okay so maybe darius slayton does play maybe Kadarius tony does play but both having been injured uh we already saw what happened to barkley where hurt comes back now he's hurt again (laughs) kenny galladay is you know he's out uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, it's just, he, even if Daniel Jones does play, it's not good. You know, he doesn't have a lot of solid, reliable people out there that you, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they can definitely go play. I mean, that's just, I think that that becomes rough. Even if they were a full healthy team, it's not like they would, you know, that it would just be an easy game for them to potentially stay into against the Rams. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hard game for them no matter what. Um yeah, so I've I've very easily got the Rams. I think this is going to be a blowout game, probably by even three scores. Um, now I've got a I've got a question for you, real quick. So say your team, who you think is going to win, and then I've got a I've got a question for you, oh, uh, kind of fantasy wise. It's the Rams. Okay. I I figured. I just want you to say it. So um, I do this Yahoo pick thing every week. So like you you make a fantasy lineup, whatever, based with how much money you know, a certain amount of money, and so. Hayden, one of our listeners, one of the people in our fantasy group, picked Sterling Shepard in this, right? And I mentioned, I was like, that's kind of a gutsy call, you know, to throw in Sterling Shepard when, you know, with everybody else that's out on that team, Jalen Ramsey's going to be covering him, you know, more than likely, right? Um, You know, and I was like, that's kind of gutsy, you know, thinking that he's going to get a lot of points. And he said that he's, he doesn't think that he's going to cover him that much to stop him from scoring points. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think Sterling Shepard is going to have a good fantasy week this week? Well, so this is rough. If you if you knew he was back like to a good solid 100% and Daniel Jones was back to a good 100%, I think, I mean, depending on who you also have available as opposed to playing Sterling Shepard, I think that becomes a factor. Um, but without knowing that, I mean, I think Sterling Shepard has the potential to have a good game. I mean, he's actually on my, you know my fantasy roster. Uh, and when he plays, you know, um, he may not be wide receiver one material, um, but in the games that he did play and, and minus the one that he did, you know, week three against Atlanta where he got injured, I mean, week one against Denver, he had 113 yards and a touchdown and Denver, you know, has a decent defense. And then even against Washington, he still had nine receptions for 94 yards for 17 points. Uh, and Washington has some good defenders. Um, obviously they're not the Rams, but I think the potential is there where he might be able to get some points out of, uh, Sterling Shepard this week. Uh, I just worry that after having seen what happened with Saquon, um, you know, and just these guys where they're, you know, they're hurt, they come back and then they get hurt again. That becomes kind of one of those things I'm, I would be nervous about. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also, I think that also becomes questionable. I think if you have Darius Slayton and Kadarius Tony, and both of those guys do end up playing, um, I you could see maybe less man to man, and you could see some, uh, you know, some cover twos come in uh, by the Rams. I think, um, or they might try to disguise it as man. Uh, I mean, you know, there's just so many options there, really. Uh, but I think uh, that might open some options where Sterling Shepard. Uh, could line up and get some points now is it is it reliable no I, I definitely wouldn't say it's reliable do i think he'll probably get at least 12 to 14 points probably um i okay. think he'll find the end zone at least once how many yards he's gonna get i mean that's 
that's kind of hard to say because you know when he has other people and you know and they actually have to watch other people and if saquon was there as well you know you'd, you'd have so many threats that maybe you can't cover him as tight as you'd like to uh but yeah i'd, I'd say ramsey probably is is probably going to play him a pretty good game um but i mean you know we've also seen where some of these guys can leap up and make those grabs even against some of the better corners so yeah okay i was just curious so i got a okay. question for you though all right how many people in new york because obviously we know we've got three new york teams and the running joke is always that buffalo is really the only real new york team because they're the only team was a stadium in new york how many you know new york fans do you think have bandwagoned over to the bills I mean, so it's one of those things where, like, you know, when it's your state, you know, you always want to root for your state over any other state, obviously, right? So, like, even though you're a Ravens fan, if you see that the, you know, that the Cowboys are playing up against some other team, you kind of want your team to win because it's your state still, right? Oh, God, no. Okay. I I root against the Cowboys. You have a crappy home state team, right? Well, it's it's not necessarily that they're crappy. It's just... I would love to see, you know philip rivers win games you know i'd always love to root for them uh the rams i'd love to root for the rams uh the raiders not so much uh when they were in oakland right so it's it's one of those things where a lot of times you want to root for your for your you know for your state and new york the you know the east is one of those places where they're very much like i've got my team but i'm very much for my state as well uh and so I don't if know. If I was a New York Giants fan, I would definitely, or a Jets fan, I would definitely be hopping on the bandwagon of, hey, let's get New York to the Super Bowl. You know, we haven't seen New York in a Super Bowl since Eli Manning won it, you know, against Tom Brady. So I think that all of these New York fans would love to see the Bills go, that they would love to see them go, uh, because really they're the only team close enough to doing it. And so if you want to see New York bring home a trophy, then you know you got to kind of root for the team you know that isn't your own but at least they're a team from your state and so i don't i wouldn't say it's a ton i'm not saying they're buying jerseys or hats or anything but you know i'm not going to put it past them nor would i judge them for rooting for a team that's actually got a possibility of going to the playoffs i don't know for for me i think uh probably the the thing that i see the most i think is that uh like if you're a Giants fan, you like, I mean, I, I get what you're saying where they're like, oh, well, you know, if my team can't win, at least another, you know, New York team should, but it just seems like, uh, there's so many fans who are like Giants fans, uh, you know, who are, who are just like, oh, well, you know, screw, you know, screw the Jets, screw, you know, all this other stuff. And I, I don't think they would root for Buffalo, um, uh, just be, you know, just kind of out of principle. Cause you know, it's, it's not, you know, the New York city team, so to speak, um, so that's I don't know. Uh, so I I, I think uh, there's I, I think there's some who are bandwagon fans, uh, and I think there's some who I think are staying loyal too, uh, just because yeah. if, it, if it's if it's not their Jets or it's not the really particularly I think it's the Giants fans that I don't think are really bandwagoning over. I I actually think it would be the Giants more so than the Jets because Jets are in the same division and the same conference as the as the Bills. Uh, whereas the Giants are the same state, but not the same conference nor the same division, uh, so it'd actually be better for them to say, "Hey, I'm a I'm a Giants fan to heart," but at the same time, if I have to pick another team from the opposite conference, you know, I'm gonna stick with another New York team, and that's gonna be the Bills. Um, that would probably be the best way, and I think it's gonna be more Giants fans bandwagoning, bandwagoning, 
Um, but those are going to be more like state fans more so than they are the diehard, diehard Giants fans. So, um, but I mean, we'll see. I don't think there will be a ton, you know, it'll, I don't think there'll be a ton of Rams fans at this game anyway, because New York really knows how to show out for games. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so pretty easy game, you know, Rams versus Giants. Uh, I think we've got another very easy game to call right here. The Chiefs and Washington. Um, do you think this game will go at all, you know, an interesting way? Or do you think it'll be a pretty boring game? Well, I mean, the Chiefs are starting two and three and they're, they're, know, right? they're allowing a league leading 7.1 uh, yards per play, um, which is one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the season. Um which is almost on that same level that Washington's defense is going from one of the better units in the league to one of the worst in this year's time. Um, so while neither of these teams has really started the year off the way that anybody had hoped, um, you know, they're each trying to turn this around for week six. Uh, Kansas City, you know, really hasn't given their fans anything to be confident about. It's offense still has the capability of putting up, you know, really quick points. Um which I think is probably what you'll see against Washington. Um, I think Taylor the only Heineke thing that hurts them with that means you get points so fast that if you can't stop Washington from also answering, you leave them to control how much clock they leave you. Um, well, you know, so the, it's so what what I'm going to bring up next is I'm really just kind of banking that Taylor Heine, uh, Taylor Heineke um, he's not going to be able to keep up, and I think that's going to leave the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs defense uh the ability to kind of slow it down their pace while wash or while uh the kc offense will probably be able to go a little bit faster so i think that yeah. will leave the chiefs ahead by at least a full touchdown um yeah I, th I think the huge thing will be the difference of running backs if washington can finally figure out their running back issues with antonio gibson not performing up to par if they can figure that out with him and mckissick you know, along with Terry McLaurin keeping his normal game uh, and with Seals Jones or whatever the backup tight end's name is, if he can also keep up with doing what he was doing last week and even better, then I think that Washington will be able to keep up so long as Taylor Heineke can also use his legs. Um, he needs to be mobile in this game. Uh, if, if they can do all that, I think they'll give Chiefs a good run for their money. Um, but the Chiefs will not be able to control clock as well as they want to because... They don't have their starting running back in right now. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what exactly happens. But I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of plays going to Tyreek Hill kind of in the backfield acting as a running back. Well, so that, that becomes another factor here. If Kansas City's without Hill and uh, Thune on Sunday, Patrick Mahomes is going to be under a lot more pressure to perform. Uh, not to say that Tyreek Hill won't play. Well, I think it's a possibility. I mean, he's he's got the quad injury listed as questionable, uh, which yeah. I think becomes a, a piece there. And then the, uh, that offensive guard, uh, Tooney or Thuney, however you pronounce it, uh, that Tooney, you know, yeah, yeah, that becomes a factor for Mahomes. Um, not to say that he, you know, he's not capable of you know performing without that. Um, but but I mean, he has he had a, in the Super Bowl. That's a huge problem. Yeah, and, and he's protection. So yeah, he's had a lot more turnovers, um, which some of them seem a lot more forced lately than it is actually having been a problem. Um, but then you mentioned it. You know, Gibson is trying to work through a shin injury, and uh, you know he he's he which is you know kind of shown he's not performing in games. So he was limited Thursday and Friday uh, after sitting out on Wednesday's practices. Uh, McLaurin um, didn't show up until the injury report on Friday. 
Uh, and they said that him not practicing Friday was precautionary because he uh, arrived to the facility sore. Um, but I mean, like you look at some of those, uh, some of the injuries on there also, uh, where Curtis Samuels groin injury, you know, he's out, um, their wide receiver, Cam Sims, he has a hamstring injury. He's out wide receiver, uh, Dommy Brown. Uh, he's a knee injury. He's questionable. Uh, their tight end, uh, Samus Reyes, uh, he's got a back injury and is questionable. Uh, so it's just kind of one of those things. I mean, at this point when you have, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, um, who has looked, I, I have to be honest, I mean, he's looked strong for, you know, a rookie quarterback, uh, so to speak, um, you know, coming into this. And uh, I, for that, you know, I think he's, he's given Washington that hope that they need. Uh, but with this amount of injuries or potential injuries also, you know, because, you know, there's a questionable bits going into this. Um, I think that makes it a little worrisome. Um, however, obviously the Chiefs have, you know, if, if, uh, that you know they end up being without Tyreek Hill that'll you know that'll be a big piece there and if they're without the guard yeah. uh that could be another big piece and that Washington defense could step up so I think it could swing either way uh I still think the Chiefs even though it's a home game for Washington uh, I think the Chiefs probably are in a better position where they're only potentially out with Tyreek Hill or potentially without uh Tooney um I think that's a better outlook than it is if you're looking from the Washington end um However, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington some if if they you know were able to get Antonio Gibson in and he was able to play strong and Terry McLaurin was able to play strong. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give them a really good run for their money. Yeah, I I will not be surprised if I see a good game uh, come of it. But Terry McLaurin's going to have to have you know those big receptions, those big downfield catches, tie, touchdowns, things like that. And Gibson's got to step up. Uh, you know, so in order to get what you know, that good game out of it, uh, you know, arguably probably one of the only true good games of the morning, uh, time then, uh, yeah, we're going to have to see that. So, um, you know, but I think we're at a good, uh, stopping point, uh, to take a real quick break. So we're going to take a quick break. And then on, uh, when we get back, we'll be talking about Minnesota and Carolina. So we'll be back in just one moment. Everybody, thanks for sticking with us through the break, and we're going to be talking about Minnesota at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, ordinarily, I think we'd probably both agree that uh, at this point, it would be safe to say Carolina probably has this one in the bag. However, uh, Christian McCaffrey is on the IR for at least under three weeks uh, with his hamstring injury, uh, which opens a big door there. However, uh, you've got Hubbard filling in for him, and we kind of have seen that, you know, he is completely capable. Um, and it looks like uh, Minnesota is going to have a healthy Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson um, ahead of Sunday's game. So I think that's going to be kind of a big factor uh, for them with a down McCaffrey that this could set up an interesting game for us. Yeah, I, you know... Coming into it, I didn't think the Vikings had any notable injuries, and they really don't. Um, obviously, they're missing some no-name wide receiver, but, you know, obviously, if it's not Thielen or Jefferson, I mean, I don't think you really got to worry if you're a Vikings fan. Um, but, yeah, CMC being out is a huge hit, and we've obviously seen that in the last two weeks for Carolina as, you know, they've gone winless, right? They lost their last two, correct? They went 3-0, and and then now they're 3-1 and and 3-2. and uh, yes, yeah, so they lost to the Cowboys, yeah. uh, 36 to 28, and then they lost to the Eagles 21 to 18. Yeah. So, I mean, 
they were doing awesome. I think I think CMC is one of their big parts, and the fact that Sam Darnold doesn't ever get the ball to Robbie Anderson uh, enough is really hurting them because everybody's been shutting down DJ Moore, and for some reason Darnold can't connect with Anderson, and CMC is out. You know, so is it Chuba or is it Chuba? I've always been saying Chuba, but I hear all these commentators being saying Chuba Hubbard. I believe it's and Chuba. So I feel like it's okay. Well, I gotta start saying it correctly, but Chuba Hubbard, you know, he's He's come in and he's been doing really good. I think he had a hundred yard game the first or second week after CMC was out. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's good to see that your backup can step right in. Um, you know, but obviously it's, it, it feels different still uh, with CMC being out. You know, you lose a target, you lose another player that was just so versatile. And I think Minnesota will come away with this is because I think Dalvin Cook is even back, right? Yeah, Dalvin Cook is yeah. uh, there. Adam Thielen and Jefferson, Jefferson, they're all yeah. So they're with all Dalvin ready. Cook and Madison playing how he's been playing, uh, you know, in Cook's absence, you know, and then Jefferson and Thielen, obviously, you know, those are the other notable guys. I mean, they're gonna. I think this is a good week for Minnesota to finally figure out what they're gonna be offensively, and I think this is the time for them to figure out throwing more to Thielen, using him more often. Uh, using Jefferson as well, especially for that deep ball game. Um, and then, you know, obviously practicing some more with Dalvin Cook and Madison, but I I don't think this is a week where we'll see Dalvin Cook playing the whole game. Um, I think that they're going to try to get ahead early and let him sit a lot uh, so that he can have another week to rest and get ready for, you know, possibly a, a more important or a bigger game. You know, obviously every game is important right now to Minnesota because uh, they're, I think, one in one and four, two and three, I think. I think they're two and three. Yeah, Min- two and three. Minnesota so, has only won two. They beat the Lions and they beat yeah. the Seahawks. Now the Seahawks, you know, being uh, notable at that point. Uh, I mean, you know, that that was a good one, but they did lose to the Cardinals, thirty-four to thirty-three. So that you know, one yeah, point. But, I mean, game everybody's there. lost to well, the Cardinals. But, yeah, yeah they were the closest ones so far. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so, I, I think that's a, a good thing there. They played the Bengals within three. Um, you know, and they did lose to the Browns by only one touchdown. So, I mean, I think this sets them up in uh, good territory to, to play Carolina. I mean, I think yeah, everybody, I think everybody would like to sit back, have a peach tea and just, you know, relax and get to enjoy a good game. Uh, and I think this sets it up to absolutely do that. So it's one yeah, of those I, things, you know, I think Minnesota is going to give them a good game. We, we talk a lot of smack about Kirk Cousins, um, you know, just just not being a great quarterback. Um, he's just not consistent. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He's just not as consistent as he needs to be. Yeah, and I mean, we've team. seen him. We've seen him come in clutch in games before, where everybody was like, "Oh, okay, all right," and and it riles Vikings fans up. So I think this is one of the one of those games. I think uh, with McCaffrey being out um, and just kind of what's going on, uh, I think Minnesota is going to win this. Yeah, I think I I easily think though they're gonna win this. Uh, I think it's gonna be key for this week to use as kind of a practice game to get Kirk Cousins comfortable with Thielen and Jefferson and and just throwing the ball through the air. Uh, it really seems like they've relied recently on the on the floor and then giving it to Jefferson every so often because Thielen only got two receptions last week uh, to help them secure that win at the very end. Um, you know, but you can't keep doing that. So really. Uh, Minnesota's gotta gotta step in to fix that, uh, and so I think this is a good week for them to do that. So I'm giving it to Minnesota. I think they'll win by upwards of 10 points, uh, but I don't think it'll be you know a 21 point difference. So 
uh, you know, anywhere from 10 to 17 points is probably what I'm I'm going to assume will be normal. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good game. I'm going to break out my peaches and, uh, you know, relax and watch this game. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I'd like to see Minnesota get this win, honestly. Um, yeah, so would I. It, it, I want some more competition in the NFC. Uh, it, I want it to be challenging for all these teams to come in and play and make it to the playoffs. Um, obviously, we have the obvious teams that will make it, like the Bucks and the Cardinals at this point. Um, you know, but I want it to be difficult for you know the the wild cards who are going to come in behind their their division leaders i want it to be difficult for them to try and get that spot you know i want them to truly earn it i don't want what happened last year uh seeing the washington football team come in with a losing record um you know now if most of the nfc has a losing record that's going in besides like two or three teams i'd be okay but if you know if it's literally everybody having you know, positive records. And then it's one NFC East team coming in with a negative record. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little mad that we're throwing teams in that don't deserve it. So I want the NFC to really fight for it this year and really make it fair. So I want to see Minnesota come away with this, uh, win to slowly start coming into that, you know, upwards of 500, uh, level play. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think with this one also, even if Dalvin cook wasn't in, um, his his absence didn't really impa- uh, impact the team just a great amount. Uh, Mattinson, you know, has looked really good when uh, Dalvin Cook was injured. Um, and it's just kind of one of those things. The same can't be said of Carolina's offense without Christian McCaffrey. Now, Hubbard, you know, he's definitely gotten some points and, and he's helped, uh, you know, he's helped the team for sure. Um, but it's just the, the Panthers offense just doesn't look that good without him i mean his speed and his ability to break away and to get those key downs just you know it 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 looked you know it absolutely suffered for them um and it's just you know the i think the big thing is where you know where we saw uh mccaffrey without uh you know against an eagles defense that had been torn apart by san francisco dallas and kansas city but then it looked absolutely elite against uh you know uh against the the Panthers and then the Viking defense um you know is I think a better one um you know than what Carolina couldn't crack last week uh and their pass rush could absolutely be a problem for Darnell uh you know he's not immune to making bad decisions while under pressure you know and we absolutely saw that last week so I think that kind of also breathes some life uh into into the Vikings and hopefully their fans will get something to be happy about yeah, I, I think it'll be a good a good week for Minnesota fans for sure. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that one. Now, I think this next game is arguably the first real game that we've talked about this entire time. Uh, all the other ones have been pretty straightforward, pretty, you know, pretty chill games for one side, you know, arguably the Miami and Jacksonville, but those aren't high caliber games to the point to where, you know, a win or loss might matter for a playoff chance. Um, but this next matchup, the chargers and the Ravens. This is arguably going to alter somebody's playoff chances, uh, either going from first to second in their division to maybe even dropping from a, you know, a solid playoff, you know, chance to now they're fighting for a wild card spot, you know, in the hunt. Uh, so the Los Angeles chargers are killing it. Um, 
they are doing absolutely amazing. But so are the Ravens, even though they've been kind of slow at times to get going. I mean, they have really just shown out. Besides that odd loss to the Raiders, uh, you know, Baltimore's come back from that and they've won every game since. Uh, you know, they beat the Chiefs. They, you know, beat the Lions, whatever. Uh, they had that crazy win against the Colts and then the Broncos. You know, that one was easy as well. You know, so this will be the first real test since the Chiefs. And, you know, I think it'll be really interesting to see. Um, I... I'm going to let you take over saying your so, your guess first cuz I don't I'm not I'm not sure exactly who I think will win even though I think I do. So I, I want to start off talking about some of the injuries real quick. Mike Williams has a knee injury, he's questionable. Uh and the Chargers linebacker uh Tranquil, he has a chest injury, he is out. Uh and Nasir Adderley uh has a hip injury and is questionable. Uh, so those will be some factors there uh particularly on the defense, but obviously Mike Williams absolutely killing it. So if he doesn't play that, you know, they do have a target rich environment there in, in the chargers offense, but uh, he is, you know, he is their consistent guy going out there and just racking up yards and getting those touchdowns. So that'll be a factor. Now the Ravens are without Sammy Watkins, who obviously he hasn't been a huge part of their offense this season, but you know, he's still uh, another target. Yeah. He's another solid piece. And then also, uh, and he's completely out, but then questionably, uh, their offensive tackle, uh, Villanueva, has a knee injury, which is a big, you know, a big piece of protecting, uh, you know, um, quarterback. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of one of those things there. Now, I'm going to say the Ravens are probably going to win this, um, mostly because the Chargers are definitely good at stopping the pass. Uh, I just, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be able to go out there and stop Lamar Jackson. Um, and then when you start to factor now that, uh, you know, you look at, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, uh, Andrews, the tight end, he's looking really solid right now, uh, particularly after coming off of that, that big win. Um, you know, that's going to be a big piece. Uh, Marquise Brown, you know, he always looks really, really solid. He picks up a lot of pieces there. Um, so it's just, I think it's going to be one of those things where, I think we're going to see maybe a slight struggle for the Ravens to start. Uh, but I think as you've seen, you know, last week, Lamar Jackson, he's going to figure out what he needs to get done uh, and he'll be able to do it. Um, I'm just not sure that the Chargers defense who, you know, on any Sunday can uh, go out there and disrupt. I just, I, I think it's going to be hard to, to do that against Lamar Jackson just because he's got that run ability if he doesn't like what he sees. And mm-hmm. if you're covering uh, the Ravens that tight, you're probably also leaving Lamar Jackson open for a good at least seven to ten yard run, which will be a problem. Yeah, I mean it's it's always going to be hard to stop Baltimore. I mean, when your QB is a running back and a QB, when your running backs are still really good, no matter who you've got. I mean, they've got Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray. And whoever the heck their third guy is, but I mean, I mean, granted, I, I didn't say that in order in any way, but you know, well, they've it, got you got three solid running backs and Lamar, and then you got Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, and you know, obviously not this game, but you know, most other weeks you got Sammy Watkins, you've got a solid offense, but you know, can it can it go up against the high scoring Chargers offense? Uh, you know, if if Baltimore really does start slow this game. I could easily see Chargers not losing this game. 
because once the Chargers get going, they get going and they stay going. They don't they're not letting up these easy points in the final quarters, uh, you know, and making it a challenge, you know, in a close game. Arguably, their their closest game like that was against the Cowboys, you know, and even still, that was very close. But besides that, I mean, they did really well against the Browns and that was a high scoring, you know, one of the highest scoring games we've seen in a few years. Uh, you know, and then they beat the Chiefs comfortably. You know, I, I, you know, I say comfortably. It's only six points, not you know, not seven, not eight, but still. I mean, that's enough points for you to feel, you know, good that they can't just kick a field goal on you, like the Cowboys did. You know, it's just one of those things that I think if Baltimore starts slow, if they don't, you know, if they're not scoring in the first quarter, you can probably kiss this game goodbye if you're a Ravens fan because. Chargers know how to keep putting up points consistently, you know, for each quarter. So you've got to stay in it or else expect and hope that your defense pulls off some stops and puts some points on the board for you. Yeah, that, that Baltimore defense has uh, looked a bit shoddy lately, which is why, coincidentally, I ended up dropping them in fantasy. Uh, they're just not consistent whatsoever. They are playing at home, so that'll be a boost to that Baltimore team. Um, and I mean, Los Angeles should have a lot of things going for it, but um i mean you know we saw how baltimore played kansas city and you know uh you know it's just uh i think it's i think it's going to be a rough one uh a rough one for both teams honestly but you know baltimore has uh shown that they're trying to persevere um you know and uh they haven't lost since they lost to the raiders so i i don't think they, they plan on losing to the the chargers this week yeah i i completely agree um but which is interesting so yeah so what i was going to segue this into is interesting because uh we got arizona and cleveland uh Mm -hmm. an undefeated team versus uh a team that three and two right uh yes who lost to the chargers uh a very a very rough loss 47 to 42 um and the only time they've lost this season is to the chiefs 30 uh 33 to 29 also played them a, a close game but I say this is interesting because if Baker Mayfield can be on his game, he has shown that he has some strong outings, but he also is prone to making what I like to call boofs, where it just seems like he's trying to force it or like he's just like, ah, oh, well, you know what? I'm just going to throw it and we'll see if somebody catches it. And it's turned into a couple yeah. picks. Um, yeah, he's got to limit those. Um, I've, I've said it about the rookies, but every quarterback, you know, even Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're not invincible to these mistakes. Uh, you know, and if you're a Browns fan, you've got to be looking for Baker Mayfield to not make those mistakes in key games like this one against Arizona. The Browns could pull this off, but if they make those mistakes, the Cardinals will capitalize on it. And this is another team like the Chargers who know how to continuously put up points. Uh, so Cleveland has to be on their game and Baker Mayfield especially has got to do it. And I don't think losing Chubb is going to affect them in any way. Um, you know, will- besides not allowing Kareem Hunt to go out for a pass while leaving Chubb to block. Uh, you know, but besides that, I really think that they're not going to miss a beat with Chubb gone. It's more so going to be, is Baker Mayfield going to make those, those key throws? Um, does, does Cleveland have Jarvis Landry? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Yeah. So that's where they're going to struggle is they've only got really Odell. Uh, they've got Njoku, you know, but besides that they're offensively, they don't have all the targets they want to have out there this week. So 
it's going to be tough, but they can still pull it off. Just no stupid mistakes and get the Cardinals offense off the field. So what I want to say going into this, I think is, is going to be a factor uh, is going to be the Cardinals offense did not look good beating the 49ers last week. It was obviously enough to beat the 49ers. Great. Um, but I think they're going to have to bounce back. And the big thing is going to be slowing down the Browns run game. So Cleveland will be trying to keep Kyler Murray on the bench as much as possible. Um, and I think the Browns are going to try to win it with their rushing attack. Um, especially when you go in to look at this for the Cardinals. Um, uh, Jordan Hicks is questionable. Uh, Byron Murphy Jr., one of their cornerbacks, uh, is questionable with a rib injury. Uh, Marco Wilson, one of their other cornerbacks, has a rib injury. Um, uh, and then, you know, you also got a factor. Chase Edmonds is questionable with a shoulder injury. Um, that will also be, I think, fairly rough for them. Um, so for the Browns, I think, uh, you know, as long as they're not limited, um, on their rushing attack, I think they should be able to get through that Cardinals defense. Um, and the other thing there, I think is also going to be like that, like I said, keeping Kyler Murray from being able to roll out, try to keep him off the field as much as possible, uh, maintain a lot of possession, eat up a lot of time. Um, I think those will be big things. However, Miles Garrett also is on the questionable list. Um, so that, you know, that's, I think that's going to be a big thing. Now you said you didn't think Nick Chubb uh, was going to be a big factor for them. And while I agree somewhat with the sentiment that, you know, it's not going to be a huge thing because you do have Kareem Hunt. Um, I do think that is something that becomes a factor in the sense that normally you have Chubb and Hunt who are able, you know, they split the time. Uh, so they're yep. able to get right, you know, they're on the side They're you know, they're able to kind of, you know, uh, recuperate some of that stamina. And obviously, you know, yeah. um, they should be in shape well enough to, you know, obviously to, you know, be able to just play the whole game. But that is, you know, a benefit sometimes to having, you know, a split, you know, uh, a split running back game is that, you know, they're, they're always coming in super fresh to play. Uh, and what yeah. happened, you know, normally, you know, it's like, okay, well, Let's say that, you know, Nick Chubb is the guy who, you know, who's running to try to get yards and Kareem Hunt's the one, you know, one getting touchdowns or whatever. Uh, you know, it's nice because if the defense is able to go out there and get an interception, uh, then you've got, you know, Nick Chubb going in um, until they get, you know, kind of towards the red zone. And then Kareem Hunt takes over and Nick Chubb gets to gets to rest a little bit. Uh, so I think yeah, it's kind of one mean, of those, you know, it, that that's a nice thing. And Kareem Hunt is also questionable this week. Uh, with a wrist yeah. and knee injury. I mean, that, so that could be a big deal also. if yeah, he could go out early. Yeah, well, if he goes out, then it's like you, at least you'd have Nick Chubb, but now it's now yeah, now, now you you're down, yeah. And then you don't have Landry. Yeah, so I, I guess I should have waited until I knew if Landry was in or out. I think um, he's out. Hang on, let me double check. Okay, check well. But if, if Landry is out, you know, if, you know, normal week, if they had Landry in, you know, if Chubb oh, he's was out, IR. I feel like it yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you wouldn't have a problem if you have Landry in and Chubb out, right? But with Landry out, now you're missing a wide receiver. Kareem Hunt is your big passing back, you know, running back slash the guy you can also throw the ball to. We've seen him do that plenty of times. But with Chubb out, now you've got to figure out, okay, who's going to block, who's going to run, and who's going to catch? And you've really only got Odell and Njoku, and then now you've got to figure out what to do with Kareem Hunt and not lose out on another, you know, person you could give the ball to uh and so that's going to be huge for cleveland uh you know going into tomorrow is 
what will they do? You know, will will they capitalize on those moments that they get? Um, their defense has to make the plays to stop them uh, or else they will not be able to win uh, because they're not going to be able to score quickly. Uh, I don't think I don't think Odell's uh, back to the point to where he's going to be how he was in 2015, 2016, you know, just getting yards and yards and yards, you know, and deep balls all the time. They've they're going to have to take it slow and steady, but they've got to turn the ball over uh, from Arizona. So uh, I'm going to give the ball, the the win to Arizona this week, uh, just because there's so many factors in play for Cleveland to to win. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off against a Cardinals team that really only struggled against a very, very solid 49ers defense. Um, you know, so and it was a divisional game, which those are always tougher than any other game. So uh, I'm going to give it to Arizona. They they're just the better team, uh, which I, I think you can probably agree that they are the better team. Uh, but if this was a better week with Chubb and Landry back in, you know, and less questionables and things like that, then I would definitely say it's more of a toss up. But I'm going Cardinals. I got to go Browns. Um, okay. Like I said, I was not impressed with the Cardinals play last week. Um, so that's going to be a big factor for me. But a little another little side piece here that I want to talk about. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has actually been linked to some trade rumors. And some of the landing spots that they mentioned is that San Francisco 49ers could pick them up and could really solidify their receiving core, especially knowing that Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, just hasn't been out there performing. Um, and really, it's just Debo Samuel because George Kittle, you know, uh, is injured and he kind of, you know, he had a lot of drop off in production there. So it's one of those things they could really help out Trey Lance and Beckham Jr., um, you know. I, I think they could uh, have something going on there. Um, you know, I think also another rumor that they were linked to is that he could uh, be brought home by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, obviously, you know, he grew up in Louisiana, um, you know, and uh, he could, you know, go in uh, where they're, they're already without Michael Thomas and could uh, help out that receiving group for Jameis Winston, um, you know, which I think would be absolutely uh, fantastic for them. They also said that uh, Green Bay Packers could pick up uh, OBJ and really load up for that Super Bowl run. Um, Dude, if they picked up OBJ, that would be a ridiculous team. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other interesting one uh, says that uh, (laughs) Odell Beckham uh, could make the New York Giants uh, pay by going to their division rivals and go to the Eagles. Uh, to really help uh, down there with Jalen Hurts, and then just I go out there. I think if he went to the Eagles, I think the Eagles could very easily compete with the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, for when the Cowboys have their second half season slump, the well, Eagles could very much take that. And also, Devonta Smith is looking good down there. Um, oh, you yeah. know, with Jalen Hurts, but this will also help open him up as well. So you know, it, two solid wideouts would be huge, and then Jalen Rager too. I mean, that would be three solid dudes to throw to. So, I mean, yeah, it'd be crazy. So those those are kind of the four trade rumors that were kind of linked up there. And I think all four of them are, you have really valid points. Um, they have what, till uh, November 20th or something like that for the trade deadline? So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's possible. So uh, the trade deadline this year is... Uh... November 2nd at 4 p.m., which is a Tuesday. Second, I can never remember, but yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I doubt, you know, if 
Jarvis Landry isn't back by then, I don't think that they'll want to get rid of him. But, you know, if if he's back, if he's doing well, uh, they might, you know, if they can get a good trade for it, you know, I, I could definitely see it well, happening. They've, they've really done it without him this season. Everything has happened. I mean, you know, they, they've just done yeah, it without I mean, him. And, was injured. And, yeah. And, you oh. know, he could he could go off um, like if he goes to San Francisco, for instance, he could reinvent his name out there in California, uh, which would be really cool if he wants to, you know, uh, go back to his time at LSU. He goes down to the Saints. He wants to make an immediate run for the Super Bowl. Maybe he goes to the Packers. Uh, or, you know, he links up with uh, Jalen Hurts and, uh, you know, just goes out there to Philly and just has a time of his life and, and really makes the New York Giants suffer, you know, being a division rival. So, uh, you yeah. know, I guess, it, you know, is he is he going to be salty? Does he want to reinvent himself? Does he want to go back to his hometown? You know, does he go for a yeah, Super maybe, Bowl run? Maybe I mean, coming up like in between, I think it's before or the end of week eight uh the the trade deadline hits um but i think i think maybe what we'll have to do is do a special record like uh episode and if there's a bunch of big names on the you know being talked about maybe we'll have to do a special episode talking about all these players that you know could possibly Week. make an impact like deshaun watson obj uh you know players like that would be huge so we uh, week nine uh starts on thursday november 4th um okay, so, yeah. it's, so it's right it's after, in between eight and nine yeah yeah it's on the tuesday yeah so yeah that'll be huge so yeah maybe we'll have to do something like that and see yeah there's um, gonna be a lot of potential trades about. yeah because uh, oh, yeah. there's gonna be teams like if deshaun watson went somewhere imagine if deshaun watson went to you know a, a team with a struggling quarterback situation right now i mean that that could change the tide of that team completely you know if watson is in play you know ready mode you know, well, imagine if we went to the Dolphins like they were talking about. I mean, Tua would immediately be benched. Deshaun Watson would come out, and I think they'd immediately be the division contenders, you know, against the Pats to try and get second place. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at it, though, honestly, the place that I think if anybody wants to make a big play right now uh, for a quarterback, I mean, honestly, the the places I think that make the most sense to me would probably either uh this is gonna sound weird but i would probably send them to pittsburgh uh because i pittsburgh broncos yeah. and raiders those are the three places i could see it well reasonably making sense and maybe even washington football team so here's my thing i don't think the raiders are going to make any big trades this year until they have a new head coach it doesn't yes. make sense to, to do anything without you know getting your new head coach's input so I, that doesn't well, make sense yes. to me. That, I'm just saying in the sense of, you know, a possible new quarterback who's obviously a very solid quarterback, you know, that that would be a good solid place, especially with Derek Carr waiting to talk about, you know, trade negotiations and contract stuff, whatever, until after the season. Yeah, uh, but he Bronco, already... Obviously another huge place where he could go and make an impact even bigger than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah. And then, yes, the Steelers, I uh, 100% agree. So the, my only thing with Denver though too is that like they've got you know that like they've got their two people. Uh, obviously, Denver I don't think is quite happy with uh, being three and two. Now, obviously, you could be in a worse situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you're above the you're above the uh, Chiefs. So yeah. So, but it's one of those things. I think at least like where we're looking right now, I feel like that would mean that uh, I think Pittsburgh would be kind of in that immediate need for like okay, well. 
we know Big Ben doesn't have much time left. Uh, you know, what do we do Not type much deal? Time. He's retiring. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, but I'm saying like you've got the end of the season, so it's just like yeah. At, you know, like at best, then you're just Start like, well, do we dra- the playbook. do we draft, do we trade, or do we build one of our guys up? And you've only got yeah. a number of weeks to essentially do that. So you know that becomes a factor for them. But like, let's say you know, like you go look at like Denver, and it's like, well, maybe Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, builds up, or maybe even Drew Locke eventually comes into his own. Um, and then the, really the only other places that I would argue is uh, if you know uh, that needs a quarterback would be staying in Houston, uh, which, which you know, I mean, it's he just won't. one of those. Yeah, he, he obviously he won't, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, obviously Houston needs it. Um, what, do you, you know. what do you think about Jacksonville? Do you think Jacksonville would maybe do it and say, hey, like, you know, we need to make a play for a good veteran. We're going to let him play. We know we shouldn't have played you during your during your freshman season. Uh, we should have given you that year off. Um, I, I so here's the thing. So between being Urban Meyer and then also like what Houston wants in return, I just don't see Urban Meyer just giving away all of his picks, essentially to houston for like because they they were asking for like three first round picks and then like four you know mid-round picks or whatever you know whatever it is i mean it's just like they were asking for some ridiculous number for deshaun watson and and i think that they're gonna have to settle for something lower because no team is gonna jump on that and i think the texans realize that they're gonna need a lot more picks to build their team up to, you know, to fix what they did because they they messed up. They got rid of Will Fuller, they got rid of J.J. Watt, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and now they're benching Deshaun Watson. But that's not really their choice. That's more of his, you know. And yeah, so it's it, one of those things where it's like you can't get rid of that much star power and not have anybody to replace them. And so they need to ask less for Deshaun Watson because think about it. What are you losing? The chance to maybe have him not in the league anymore because oh no, now he actually gets convicted. I mean, ask for less picks. He's not that valuable right now because of all the stuff going on. He could literally just not even be allowed to play next year. So get well, what the you NFL, can out of him and make it happen for April. Yeah, well, the NFL hasn't said anything yet about, you because know. They, because they can't. Well, yeah, you know? the FBI is still investigating because they already proved, I think, one of them was a fraud case. And so they're still going out and investigating it. So I don't even think, I don't even, so at that point you're talking about like, well, what if they do this next season? I haven't heard anything that remotely, you know, like lets it, you know, that, that puts him in trouble yet. So this is just him sitting out. And I think obviously that hurts them. Um, But he's, he's under contract through 2025. So even if they don't get, they want from him right now, I mean, they, they still have him for another four years. Uh, So I mean, they're just going to pay him because he's not going to play. Right. So what what I'm saying so, is though, I mean, so it's just it's one of those things if nobody like makes a serious offer on him though, um, and by serious I don't mean meaning their demands that it currently sits, but just making them an actual like solid offer, uh, you know, then I think they do just hold on to him and, you know, hope that he realizes that hey, you either gonna have to retire or you're gonna finish out, you know, you're gonna play. Uh, you know, you saw what sitting out got you. Uh, you know, you're you're losing money on your you know, on your deal and everything like that. And when you're not playing for an entire season, like if he, let's say he came back and played next season, regardless of what team he played for, uh, what has he been doing this off season? And has like, has he gotten meaningful practice in or, you know, is he just sitting around watching football and working out? We're obviously working out is still a big part of it, but Huge, you know, yeah. yeah, but like at the same time, 
Uh, I doubt he'd fall out of shape really, you know, that horribly. Uh, but then it's just like, if you're not throwing the ball to, you know, to, and practicing, you know, that you don't use it, you lose it. So, uh, I think that yeah. would be, I think that would be very interesting. Um, yeah, it'd be fun to talk about in two weeks coming up. So we'll see. I bet I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans alter, alter their, uh, necessities, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some offers going out week seven, week eight, uh, about what teams are actually going to offer. And then they realize, Hey, this is the best we're going to get. So, yeah, um, absolutely. anyway, um, we'll talk about that another time. We just went on a huge tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has to happen uh, sometimes though. And you just mentioned yeah, Las Vegas yeah, and course. Denver. Um, and of coincidentally, so that's, that's our next game. Yeah. So that's, it's going to be an interesting one this week, uh, you know, having these these two teams play. Um, I'm really kind of interested to see what's going to happen. Um, I don't put a whole lot of hope in either team because obviously not having John Gruden really leaves the Raiders in a tough place, uh, which opens the door for Denver, who is, again, 3-2. and two. Um, And then, you know, like I just said, you know, Vegas is 3-2, and two, so... That matchup would have been solid to start with, but now, you know, you're playing at Gillette, or not Gillette Stadium, you're playing at uh, Mile High in Denver, and, uh, man, I don't know. I think I think Broncos will probably have it this week. Yeah, this is going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be a lot of, you know, obviously the Raiders aren't changing much besides, you know, obviously John Gruden is play call ability and and seeing what the other teams are doing um yeah i don't know who to pick i mean i kind of want to go with you know the veteran qb Derek carr and the team that they've got built around them and the fact that they just know what they're doing hopefully you know but denver could come away so i'm going to give it to the raiders just because i feel like they know what they're doing they've got the team set up whereas the broncos are more kind of uh you know building still with that whole qb situation and they've still got jerry judy out so i'm gonna give it to the raiders barely um they're gonna struggle but i think as long as they can play well um and not take this to ot and not you know not use darren waller not use hunter renfo or henry ruggs if they can play well I think they'll beat Denver. Uh, it's going to be a lot of, you know, Denver's defense versus the Raiders. Uh, Denver's defense will win this, win them this game. So it's going to hinge more on the defense. So uh, well, I'm going to give it to the Raiders. I, I give it to the Broncos. Um, the Raiders did not look good. They lost 20 to nine last week against the Bears. Uh, I have no reason to remotely believe that they're going to suddenly just turn it around. You have an interim head coach who is coming to take over uh on a you know in the middle of a two-game losing streak while they still have all this drama to deal with uh i think that's rough for the, the raiders organization to begin with um and then the two game you know and then you factor in a two-game losing streak and uh i don't know much about this interim head coach which maybe puts me at a disadvantage in this pick but at the same time i you know the raiders are now you know like i said uh they're now on this uh, two, you know, two game uh, in the road of the two gate losing streak. So I think that uh, plays a bigger factor for me than uh, yeah, it'll it'll be an interesting divisional game for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be huge. So and then uh, an interesting game, um, yeah. <laughs> Cowboys and the Patriots. And I I really say that this is an interesting game. 
um, really because the Cowboys have been looking really strong. Um, and I, I don't want to say that the Patriots haven't looked strong. Um, they're, because, they're in a building year. Yeah. You know, rookie QB, you know, a lot of new weapons on offense, you know, a similar defense, you know, with some new people, but mostly all similar from, you know, prior years. So here's, here's uh, my thought process. And I think you'll follow and kind of like this though. Okay. So week one, they lose to the dolphins, Mac Jones, first yeah. game. Fine. Lost by yeah. one point. All right. They beat yeah. the jets. And, and it was a botched defense play. So like, or yeah. like a fumble on offense. So, yeah. I mean, not really their fault, but it still happened. You lose to the dolphins. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, you get a win against the jets as it should be arguably yeah. with the pay for the Patriots. Fine. Uh, however, they do lose to the Saints in week three. A good week for Jameis, but it turns out, you know, kind of not a bad week for Mac, but just, you know, you don't get the win. Then they play a super close game uh, to the Buccaneers. They lose by two. The Cowboys also lost to the Bucks this year. Um, okay, so, you know, another close game. So that's where I'm kind of like, okay, this should be equal. They did beat the Texans. All right, cool. It was only by three, but, you know, Texans did have a good defense, and Davis Mills looked strong that week. Um, so, all right, cool. So playing them against the Cowboys, um, the Cowboys uh, cornerback uh, Tavon Diggs, or Trayvon Diggs, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got the ankle. He's questionable. Elliot um, has the uh, rib thing going on, questionable. Randy Gregory has the knee thing, questionable. Tyron Smith's neck, questionable. Um, I think those are all some factors there. And then when you look at the Patriots, uh, they're also very banged up right now. Uh, so I think that it's kind of one of those things. So like Diggs was limited on Friday, um, because he missed the first two practices, Elliot, Gregory, and Wilson were all limited during the week, um, which would be a cause for concern for Elliot, but also we know they have Pollard in the backup. So, okay, whatever. Uh, but Gregory, he could, you know, he could be a big deal of disrupting Mac Jones. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Smith on Thursday uh, was being held out of Friday's practice. And then on the Patriots end, uh, their uh, Damian Harris uh, has a rib injury and is questionable. So he was limited the last two days after being held out of Wednesday's practice. Um, I think I think the huge thing in this game is not going to be the injuries. It's going to be how these teams play. Now, I do not think Mike McCarthy is as good of a coach as Bruce Arians. And I do not think that Dallas has the same, uh, you know, star quarterback and team that the Buccaneers do, right? And we saw Bill Belichick give such a hard time to Brady. I mean, he was giving him all kinds of reads, all kinds of weird defenses, you know, hiding a lot of things. And I think that's going to be key to beating the Cowboys this week. Uh, if you can hide a lot of what you're trying to do, it's going to throw off uh, Dak Prescott. He's not very good at reading the defenses, in my opinion. And, you know, especially not as good as Brady. I don't think anybody does it as well as Brady. Um, and so it's just one of those things where with going up against Bill Belichick, that's going to be the key. Uh, it doesn't matter if everybody on the Cowboys is mega healthy. It's going to be going up against Bill Belichick's defense. And... It, yeah, that's just going to be huge. Um, I think that this will be a very, very close game just for that pure reason that the defense will keep them in it uh, so long as Mac Jones can 
drive this team down the field. And even if they're kicking field goals every time, that's still three points and that racks up over time. Uh, you know, so if you can put enough stops on the Cowboys, you know, you'll you'll keep yourselves in it. So I think it'll be a huge moment for the pa- Patriots defense to keep them in this game. Well, so then you just mentioned it, but also Nick Falk still has a uh, he's questionable with his uh, off foot kicking uh, knee is yep. a little banged up. Um, I got to be honest, though, I'm, I'm going to say the Cowboys. Um, and that pains me to say it because I love to watch the Cowboys yeah. lose, honestly. Uh, but I hate it's, to see my Patriots lose to such a stupid team. And st- I so oh, I I'm not I'm not on I'm not on the hype for oh it's the Cowboys year whatever okay I I want to preface no, that right I. away. However, I will say the Cowboys have looked strong lately. Um, I mean, it's easy to look strong when you compare it to what they had last year with well, Andy Dalton and whoever else their third string guy was. So the reason I say strong is because they played a good game to the Chargers. Um, which I think was a huge, yeah, a huge piece there. Um, mm-hmm. you did get a good win to the Eagles who now the Eagles aren't great, but I yeah. mean, Jalen hurts though, uh, has been performing well enough at quarterback that the defense got a good look. And then they played a good game to the Panthers who a lot of people, even I predicted the Panthers would beat the Cowboys because of that defense. Um, so it's just kind of one of those pieces. Now, I think Mac Jones is going to have to limit his mistakes. Not that he's been making just a ton, but, you know, he's he's made some. Um, so I think that will also be a factor there. But uh, I think between the Cowboys offense and defense independently being good uh, as the, you know, as a units as holes uh, are, you know, they're performing well, which, you know, just kind of makes everything look good. I think that uh, that kind of becomes a big piece there. Um, you know, they are playing in Foxborough, which always, um, you know, ca- becomes a cause for concern for any away team that's visiting. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I I really feel like the Cowboys, if, if they play like they have been playing, um, I think they should be able to come into this and should get a win, honestly. Yeah, I uh, I hate this. I hate this game. I'm so mad that they had to play them. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to the Cowboys, even though I really want the Patriots to win. They're my team, and it's against the Cowboys. Like, It's like a double whammy, like punch in the gut, you know? Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say Dallas wins it, but I'm going to say it's very, very close. Um, under seven points, so I'm going to say, you know, two field goals. You know, it's going to be a very, very close game. So it'll be an interesting one for sure. So, uh, yeah, but I'm gonna have to sadly say Dallas. Um, yeah. Well, but. so it's interesting to say that because the next game I have to say is a really rough one because yeah. I give it to the Steelers. However, in the outright, if you looked at healthy teams, I would say Seattle should win this, but Chris Carson is out on IR with the neck. Uh, and Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson is on IR yep. with his right finger. Um, yeah. and then the Steelers really, the you know, they're without Smith Schuster cause he's out for the season after having surgery and then their yeah, defensive tackle. Yeah. And then, uh, well, but he's, he's always a factor obviously, but then, oh, uh, know. you know, then for the Steelers also their defensive tackle, uh, Carlos Davis is out with a knee injury. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those things. So Carson will join Wilson on the IR. So that means that uh, Alex Collins, who's run for 91 yards and a touchdown on 25 carries over the past two games, uh, will, you know, take the lead. Um, 
So that becomes a big thing. But then Pittsburgh, uh, you know, got back uh, Devin Bush, one of their linebackers, and uh, Chase Claypool and uh, James Washington will both be and in. Deontay Johnson. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's one of those things that I think for the Pittsburgh, that looks really attractive. Um, and I think, so. I, like I said, I got to give it to the Steelers, which really hurts because obviously Ravens fans, Steelers, we don't get along, but... I, yeah. I think Pittsburgh wins. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh wins, which is going to make the AFC North even harder and harder uh, to see who's going to come out at, on top, you know, at the very end. But if Geno Smith can play as well as he did last week when he came in, uh, if not better, and actually connect on a lot more of those passes and throws and more so than just to DK Metcalf and you know, connect with, you know, Swain and Lockett, you know, and, and some of the other many guys that they've got out there. I mean, it could be it could be a close game if Big Ben has this struggling game. And we know that that Seattle defense is, you know, are they playing at their good point of time right now? Or are they playing at their point of time where they're going to allow a lot of yards and allow points? Uh it's still, you know, in the works, but if they can play strong and play really well and, and limit the Pittsburgh Steelers yards and their points, I think it could give Geno Smith a chance. So I'm going to give it to the Steelers. But again, another game, I think it's going to be closer than people think. Uh, Geno Smith is not a pushover. And I think the only thing that's going to really affect him is if he starts fumbling or, you know, throwing interceptions. So. Uh, I'm going to give it to Pittsburgh, but it's going to be a very, very close game. So, yeah, I game. definitely, I think, I think it'll be close. Um, Taylor, though, I'm sorry. Yeah. Buffalo is going to beat Tennessee this week. I think he knows sadly as well. I mean, this is a rough team to play. They are killing it. And the Bills. But nobody have, wants to play the Bills. Right. And the Bills have no player designations. Uh, the only player who was designated was uh, linebacker uh, Matt Milano um, because he was uh, he was limited in practice Thursday and Friday, but he was a full participant uh, in practice for Saturday because it is the Monday night game. So they were able to get an extra day there. However, the Titans got bad news because their best corner in uh, Fulton will be out Monday night. Um, the only upside to that is Julio Jones and AJ Brown are back. Um, but I just, I don't think it's enough to stop this Buffalo team, um, between Dawson Knox really becoming an extra target there, uh, for Josh Allen. I think that makes things really rough. Um, and, uh, you know, Josh Allen is thrown, uh, or, or has 12 touchdowns on the season, uh, to Ryan Tannehill six with three interceptions, and Josh Allen only has two. Um, they they do have very similar stats, except when you really kind of break it down. Um, I think there's just enough of Devin Singletary and um, Zach Moss. Yeah, I think I think there's just enough ability between the two of them to have a threat in the run game. And obviously, you know, Derrick Henry, great running back, but that Bills defense, I think, just kind of has the uncanny ability to shut down, uh, you know, the run game. Can they shut down Derrick Henry? Who knows? But I think they will shut down, um, you know, the pass, the pass game. 
uh, so, for sure. I don't think the big thing is going to be stopping Derrick Henry. I think the Titans are actually going to struggle more if they use him. Uh, by how quickly the Bills are able to score, uh, you know, it seems like every time they go on the field, they're going to go score. If the Titans use Henry a lot, uh, and then they come away without scores, they're going to eat up a lot of clock and not get any points, which is only going to, you know, well, give more leeway for the Bills to run away with this. And so it's going to be a big give and take kind of game is making sure bi the Bills don't use Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to run a lot, but then also making sure you don't use, you know, you're not using Derrick Henry to run the ball every play. You've got to get the ball out to A.J. Brown. You've got to get the ball out to Julio Jones. It's not You've so much pass this game. You it's not so to. much that I think that they'll use Derrick Henry in a sense of like, oh, we're going to run it every play. But I think what you'll see is, you know, like the red zone, he's going to be the guy to punch it in. And of if course. you can shut him down enough, I think that, you know, that becomes a big factor where all of a sudden they're taking a field goal. They're taking a field goal, which is not to say you can't whittle people down by getting a few field goals and then getting those late game touchdowns uh, to come back from. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They don't want to eat up too much clock, but at the same time, you know, there's going to be times where they're going to have to send Derrick Henry in and they're going to have to get that yardage, um, oh, yeah. you know, like, to I'm be able to do what they need. That. But you've got to utilize Ryan Tannehill and his threats. AJ Brown and Julio Jones have a lot to offer this team, and it's finally time for them both to be healthy and on the field at the same time. If they can utilize them, this will be a true matchup. This will be a super awesome game as long as they can figure that out. Um, but again, you've got to play really good defense and stop them from eating too much clock just to waste time um, and hoping that they don't score every every drive. And then, yeah, just figuring out your own your own passing game. That's That's going to be huge for Tennessee. They haven't figured it out yet this season as much. And now they have a chance. So if they can figure it out on Monday, this should be a really, really interesting game along with that Sunday night game and that Dallas England, New England game. So I got a question for you, Mike. So, um, would you arguably say that the Buffalo Bills are just as good, if not better than the Cardinals? I think they're better. Um, okay. I've seen I've seen the Bills struggle less this season than the Cardinals have. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they they went out and killed the Chiefs. Uh, they absolutely killed them. There is no doubt in my mind that the Chiefs were ever going to win that game, uh, you know, or like lose that game, you know. Right. And so, but you know, with the Cardinals, there's been moments where I've been like, oh, oh, that's a little like particularly last thought. week, you know, like with the Jacksonville Jaguars being closer than I thought, you know, last week against the 49ers. I mean, I know they have a good defense, but they shouldn't have gotten shut down that badly. Um, so, it just seems like there's weeks where Cardinals can shut down themselves and they don't right. do what they know how to do. So my, my biggest concern for the Titans is they lost week one to the Cardinals 38 to 13. And that's arguably been their best opponent um, that they played and, and you know, they did lose to um, then mm -hmm. arguably would be probably the healthy Seahawks at the time who they beat by three points. Um, and so that, that just, that, that makes me a little worrisome that, you know, they, they did lose to the Cardinals 38 to 13 um, then that weird loss to the Jets, 27 to 24. Um, and then now, you know, so you, you did beat the Jaguars, but cool. Everybody's beat the Jaguars to this point. Um, so then looking to play the Bills and then knowing you also got to play Kansas City the next week. 
I think that is very rough for them. And uh, I, the other thing that kind of becomes nervous is it's like, okay, well, if you know how hard it's going to be to play the Bills, do you want to risk losing Julio Jones or AJ, you know, like AJ Brown this week, knowing you have two very rough games back to back? I mean, you you have to play him, and if you want any shot at the playoffs, granted, you're in arguably one of the easiest divisions to come out on top still this season. Uh, so the Titans got very blessed that they're able to have these problems now um, this season with the other teams struggling as hard as they are. You know, so they're good. You know, they can lose a couple like these big ones, but they still need to show out and show that they can be the team. And so I think it's important that they get Julio and AJ Brown on the field at the same time and they get to practice like that against a real team and not their own defense. I think it's key that they play. Um, oh, I'm not saying don't play them. I I'm not saying don't play them, but maybe you don't um you, you know, you don't go as hard of them as hard on them as possible cuz look what happened to Saquon, you know. Um yeah. now obviously the running back position is a little bit different. You take a lot of different hits than you do if you're a wide receiver type deal. Um but that just kind of becomes one of those things that makes me wonder like, hey, maybe do they see a few less reps or you know, like what what they're going to do there, but that's probably my biggest concern for them uh, with this game is make sure you don't lose one of these guys. Um, you know, the rest of the, or the rest of their season is interesting. Um, like I said, you got to play the bills this week and then you play the chiefs. Um, and then your next base competition is probably going up against the Rams. Um, uh, two games after you play the chiefs. And then after that, uh, it's just the saints, Texans, Patriots, Jags, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, and Texans again, which I think are all manageable for them. It'll they'll definitely play a rough game against the Patriots, I think. Um, and if Davis Mills hasn't figured out the offense fully for the their two matchups, um, you know, their biggest thing will be going up against that Texans defense. But if both of both of AJ Brown and Julio Jones are healthy and you still have Derrick Henry, I think you're able to kind of blast through the remaining defenses. Uh, the Saints, I would say, would be a threat, but even if they have back Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston, if he if he's having one of his bad weeks, you get a, I think you win there. Um, I'm just nervous about, uh, you know, the the Tennessee defense has uh, allowed quite a bit of yards, and uh, the Bills, I think, will take advantage of that this week. Yeah, yeah, it it the Bills will come away with this win, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the newly healthy Julio and AJ Brown duo. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting thing. So yeah, I'm very interested. This week will be very boring up until the mid part of the day. You know, you know the afternoon games and then night and then obviously Monday. So if you're busy in the morning, you're not missing much. So it's good for that. So. All right, so I think that's going to end it for this episode. As always, don't forget to go check out our social media. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, if you ever have any questions about fantasy uh, or there's something you'd like us to talk about, absolutely hit us up. Um, shoot us a message. We'd be more than happy to. Um, we have been putting polls. So if you're listening on Spotify, um, unfortunately, Apple Podcasts doesn't have a poll option um so for spotify listeners you know be sure to go out there and uh check that out yeah thank you guys so much